You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you are doing very well. You're about to listen to my conversation with the bloke called Brandon Stockbridge from a band from Perth, another band from Perth, called Armand Soy. They do have a new EP in market. It is called Social Misfit, and we had a discussion on the eve of the release of the EP. So let's hear all about it. Here he is, Mr. Brandon Stockbridge. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners first, mate? And then I've got a heap of questions to ask you about the band and also the EP Social Misfit. Sure. So my name is James. I play in Armansoy, um, and I'm the lead guitarist of Armansoy. Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Right. So, look, I've spoken to a few artists from Perth this past 12 months, and just a quick roll call of some of the few that I've spoken to are um, Marksman Lloyd, Reams, Johnny Taylor. Mate, there's a lot going on out west at the moment. Perth seems to me a lot like what Brisbane was like in the mid-90s when regurgitated Powderfinger Custard and Screamfeeder were coming through. What's going on over there, mate? There's a lot of creative... Um, it must be f- creatively fertile ground. Yeah, I think Perth has an extremely vibrant scene at the moment. Uh, there's a lot going on in Perth, even though it's quite a small city. And I, I guess it's because, you know, um, over in Perth, we've got a lot, a lot of... Uh, a lot of great people doing a lot of great work, and I guess it's because they we have a bit of extra time, I guess, because the lifestyle over here is a little bit less hectic, I think, than than it might be over east. So, I think everyone just gets an extra chance to, um, you know, write some music and record, you know, record the stuff that they love, I guess. On that point about Perth, I love when a band injects some regional flavour into their sound. So I really enjoyed the the video that accompanies the cut. Fine. How has Perth and, by extension, Western Australia identifiably influenced your sound and your music? Well, I guess we've all just grown up in Perth, so it's like an innate part of who we are. Um, And I think Fine in particular, uh, that video was mainly filmed at a weekend trip down south to Bunbury. So I guess that does have that um, regional influence, I guess, because we're just travelling down from Perth to Bunbury for that, that weekend, and a lot of those clips are just from that that one trip. Right. So I guess in terms of fine, that's, that's how that was influenced. And for us um, as a band, I guess growing up in, you know, the most isolated capital city in the world, I guess it really has shaped us, shaped who we are, I guess. Yeah, I've heard that a few times actually from, from artists out west, actually. It must be something to do with growing up in that most isolated uh, capital in the world there. I mean, it must be, I know we're all connected by digital media and, and social media platforms and all the rest of it, but there must be something a little bit liberating about not having Brisbane or Melbourne or, sorry, like from my perspective in Brisbane here, okay? So we've got Sydney and Melbourne, I wouldn't say just down the road, but they're not too far away. Um, and we have bands coming through all the time. So it's almost like you're influenced by each other in that in in the Perth scene, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's quite a collaborative environment. Like everyone's really helping each other out and um, everyone wants each other to succeed, I guess. So it's quite a tight, tight-knit community which really fosters those kind of close relationships, I guess. Cool, mate. And uh, look, it was hard not to miss the fact that you're in a band with your brother and no doubt that comes with advantages and disadvantages, I'd imagine. So what inspired you to form a band and write with your brother? Well, I guess um, Brandon actually started the project like uh, late last year in November, um, and it started out of his bedroom and he started recording the music. Um, and I guess we've just grown up playing music together, so it was just like a, a natural kind of shift, I guess, to go from um, him starting the bedroom project to me joining the band and then the other boys jumping in as well. And I guess in that short time, we've you know been able to really form quite a tight connection with everyone because I guess we've all been friends and everything like that. So 
um, yeah, it's just been, it's been a you know, great experience so far. Because um, I, I guess with that kind of connection of being brothers, you get to be a bit, a bit closer than you know most bands start off, I guess. Well, it's probably easier to rehearse as well, given you can probably just knock on each other's bedroom door and go, look, I've got this idea here, what do you think? Yeah, that's it. And I guess it's always been like that as well. Even when we were in high school, just being able to jam or knock out an idea together, it's, you know, it's always been, always been great. Yeah. How old are you guys, if you don't mind me asking? Um, so I'm 23, Brandon's 22, and the rest of the boys are between like 19 and 22 as well, I think. No, that's great. It's a really good time to do it because you've got the energy to do it. See, I'm 39, so, and I've got a family and all of the stuff that comes along with that, so it's a lot harder for me to sort of up stumps and just you know, travel somewhere for even a small, a small tour like what you guys are doing. So, you know, it's um, in terms of promoting your music, and, and I'll ask you a few questions in a sec about Social Misfit, the new EP, how do you plan on reaching yep. as broader audience as you possibly can? Well, I, I guess what, like the, the first thing that we started was just focusing on Perth, I guess, and because the project started and we played our first gig in March. So we've just been really focusing on going from um, going, you know, spreading the word in Perth, mm-hmm. and now that we've been very fortunate to like sell out a lot of like our headline shows and everything like that. Um, and so from there, we're really trying to branch out to the east coast. So this tour, I guess, is like the first way of spreading that message, and you know, just hope, hoping to get the you know, start getting the word out there um, about the band and about the project, I guess. I mentioned earlier before I started recording that I had the EP Social Misfit on a few times over Christmas Day and it's fantastic music to entertain to. I've got to, got to tell you that, mate. It's really found a place in my life that way. Um, so to that point, it's safe enough to be considered... Oh, so much, yeah. You know, it's safe enough to be considered family-friendly, but it's still got a bit of an edge to it. So, you know, I mean, a lot of artists, particularly indie artists, you know, they want to connect with people on a you know face-to-face level, but how would you guys feel or would you entertain or welcome an opportunity for the band's music to be used in commercials and on free-to-wear TV? Well, I guess for us, we're really trying to just make music that we enjoy, um, and then going from that, it just, you know, if, if that resonates with other people, then that's really, that's really fantastic, and so that's what we're aiming to do. So I guess, like... We're really just trying to write music that, you know, we all love um, and then just go from there. So I guess it's really up to the, the audience and how other people uh, enjoy it. And, you know, for us, it's just always just trying to put out tunes that we're really passionate about because um, I think in the end of the day, people can see that sincerity and, um, you know, can see the fact that we're really trying to do something that uh, means a lot to us, I guess. When it comes to the, to the live performance, does the band sound, I mean, most bands sound heavier by their nature because it's denser when you're playing live, but how different is your live performance compared to what you're putting in the studio? Well, I think we're actually a lot more um, energetic and enigmatic when we're playing live. Um, I think in the studio, it's kind of, we're trying to um, really p- focus on the composition and the, and the songwriting. Um, but when we're playing live, it's a lot more about the crowd engagement and making sure that everyone comes away having a great time. Because um, it's not just about the music, I guess. It's about having that whole holistic experience of like coming to a show and just really seeing a great, a great live act and just really, you know, engaging the entire audience as much as possible, I guess. Yeah, that old engagement thing. And look, you do that, I think, I, I, I'm a musician as well and I play in covers bands. So one of my big things on stage is that we do focus on our performance. Of course, we focus on the musicianship, but, you know, you've got to look like you're getting into it and you're enjoying yourself. When you make eye contact with people in the audience, you know, smile at them and that sort of thing. I mean, not, not being weird about it or anything yeah. like that, but you know what I'm coming from, don't you? It's about, 
It's about coming it. coming across as if you're connecting with the audience in the live setting. Because for mine, I can't encourage any of the listeners to get out and watch live music enough because it gives. Forget about using cliches like it's the fourth dimension or what have you that you know is added to to music if you're just listening a third or fourth dimension if you're listening to music through your iPhone or through whatever media player you might be doing. It's a totally different experience. It's a visceral experience that allows you to get into music in a completely different way. My my take on it, watching a live band is like, you know, we go back to our tribal roots, if you like. It's almost like coming back around a campfire again, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And I think it's it's really about engaging, engaging with people and just giving off that certain energy. And again, it's not, not trying to get too deep into it but i think it's just when so, when someone new comes to see a band and they just they feel how that band is performing and like the energy that you're giving off and i think that's just as important as the music itself yeah. i guess it's the way we share stories i think in 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 the modern ages or my view of it anyway for you know my tribe is, a, is the tribe of musicians if you want to look at it like that and the way we share our stories is through yep. live performance and that's what i was sort of talking about about the you know a bit being like a campfire a little bit you know even though we can all go camping and do what we do yep. because we live in australia or do have a lot of international listeners too but uh you know we do tend to like going camping as human beings and, and the like but if you can't do that because you live in the inner city or what have you get down and see a live band Let's um yeah that's it and that's it's a great way to connect. So mate let's um let's talk about the EP Social Misfit in a bit more detail. Who um how did you record it? Was it done at home and then brought to somebody to say, you know, when I say tidy it up and clean it up, you know what I mean when I say that. How was it recorded? Yeah, so um we worked with uh, Dylan Livieri from the Money Wall. Um so we went into his home studio for about 6 days I think. Um and we just spent spent that time there with him. Um, in his in his home studio and just really kind of uh, worked worked from the, the tunes from there because all the tunes had obviously been uh, written beforehand and all demoed and everything like that. But once we got into the the studio with Dylan, we just kind of uh, workshop the tunes and just you know got them to you know the final product that they were. I'm looking at a picture over here playing what it looks like. It's either a telecopy or it's a Telecaster. Is that the choice of axe that was used to record the tracks? Uh, yeah, so we used a variety of guitars. So the Telecaster was one of them, um, and I think we used a, a Mustang and a Strat as well, as well as a variety of like um, different basses and stuff. How did you? How um, did you yeah, go about? The gear was just really, yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about selecting yeah. what what fit for what song? Was it just trial and error, or was there a, a bit more of a strategic approach? Um, I think it was a bit of both because we've we've played live, we played the songs live before we recorded them. And I guess it was just knowing from a live setting what we felt kind of sound, sounded best and then getting in the studio and deciding what sounds, you know, were, were coming through. And then if, if we were liking that, then we'd go, okay, that's working. And if we're thinking, okay, maybe we can switch it up a bit, that's where we'd try, try a different axe or try a different amp or something or just try something a bit different. Yeah, cool. Okay. Look, I, my show is called Scars and Guitars and because I'm a musician, I do tend to ask those sorts of questions. So I've got one more for you about amplification okay so did you decide to go for the full sure. did you go for the full fender setup and use a fender twin or basement or something like that as well to complement the choice of axes yeah we, we had a, a revolving set of amps so um we had a fender um deluxe reverb for some of it sorry a deluxe cool. um um so yeah fender um blues deluxe so and we also had uh, a fender princeton um so princeton um and we also had like a couple of other little amps at Dylan's studio um, that that we use as well. So just it's really depending on the sound that we're wanting, whether it was a bit more of a raspy sound, or whether it was a you know a kind of fuller sound, I guess. 
I'm reading your your Facebook. Um, I guess you call it, you know the about us section uh, in Facebook, and it says affiliation Slipknot. Now I can't hear any Slipknot through your music at all. So is that uh, a bit of a gag, or is that just <laughs> that was just a joke? That was yeah, that was a joke <laughs> when it was first started. Um, I think it was like Slipknot and like um, like Mongolian soy techno or something like that. I think it was it was just a just a uh, you know, a joke right at the start of the. A project, I think. Yeah. Well, I guess for the listener out there, there's there's another picture of you wearing a Smiths t-shirt, and I can definitely vouch for the influence there. Uh, yeah, we've definitely grown up listening to a lot of the Smiths and uh, a lot of you know different post-punk bands, I guess. And that's uh, really a big part of our sound, I guess. That kind of post-punk, um, indie pop kind of uh, influence, I guess. You know, your your music, I think, is strong enough, mate, that it'd probably have a very good shot doing something in North America. Is that something you guys given thought about? Well, yeah, I guess because um, we started out, the, the project was started like in November uh, last year or 2016, and our first gig was in um, the end of March in 2017. Um, so I guess we've, we're just it's just been the first year of the project, so. We'd, we'd love to play shows in North America. It's just obviously we're just going to see what you know um, how everything yeah. goes, and you know in the future if that, uh, that opportunity came up, you know we'd obviously t- take it with both hands. But for now, it's just really focusing on the the local and the national scene, and then you know definitely seeing where where it can go from there. I guess. So you, from the sounds of things, you're the guy that's. Con- are you acting as the manager of the band as well as being in the band? Is that how it works? Yeah. So we work together. Um, so it's. it's Kind of me and my brother kind of run the project together. So he he does a lot more of the, like the, the songwriting and everything like that, mm-hmm. and um, I'll do a lot more of the, like kind of um, you know the management and also the some of the guitar parts and everything like that. So we kind of work together to keep it pretty tightly on shift, I guess. Mate, final question: What's been your biggest challenge to date with what you're doing here at Thumb and Soy? Um, oh, that's a yeah, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I guess the curveball at the end, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. The biggest challenge. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just always trying to stay true to who we are. I think because I think we have a very solid vision for for the project, and I think it's just um, you know keep keeping on pushing forward with that. I think because sometimes a lot of different people can have different opinions. I guess on uh, on music, but I think it's we've got a pretty clear thing of what we want to do, and. Um, it's just you know, about staying true to that, I think. That's our biggest kind of goal or biggest challenge, I guess. Well, from one musician to another and someone who's been in, in, in enough bands to know, mate, that there's only one way to do it, benevolent dictatorship. That's it. Never a democracy. It's too hard <laughs> being a democracy, mate. You end up getting pulled in four or five different... As many different members there are in the band as as many different directions the band will be pulled in, inevitably. So it's always better off if somebody has the vision and basically says, right, guys, this is what we're doing and there's that... You know, on the margins, decisions are made. You know, I mean, everybody makes their own decision about what guitar That's they it. use for the most part, that sort of thing, or bass or amp or, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. it might be. But, Jesus, I've seen so many and heard of so many good bands that get pulled apart at the seams because um, everybody feels as though they have ownership, if you like, of strategy or direction. So if it's um, as much as you can keep it, you know, yourself and your brother or, you know, because I see that both you are here, on it's only yourself and your brother that are listed as members of the band, so it's probably a decent strategy with all due respect to the people that you got in the band around you guys at the moment if you just sort of have a collective of people you turn to and keep you guys as the focus. Yeah, and I guess it's just, yeah, keep everyone on the same page and um, just going from there, I think. That's, you know, always, always the aim. 
It is, mate. Well, I mean, look, benevolent dictatorships, people are always happier with them, in my view. It's, you know, it's it's always been the way to do things that just, you know, I'll be the first person to buy somebody a beer at the bar at a, during a break in a set, you know what I mean, and um, help people bring gear in and all of that sort of stuff. It just creates a nicer environment, I think, rather than asking for people's opinion about what we're doing here and there. I mean, there are things, some things you need to ask, like, are you available for this run of shows from Friday the 5th of January starting in the Grace Darling Hotel in Melbourne to to uh, Saturday the 13th of January, finishing at Jackrabbit Slims in Perth. You know, that's an important thing to get somebody's opinion on, but <laughs> the other stuff, yeah. maybe not necessarily. <laughs> so, yeah. But, mate, how can, um, sure. how can the listener get in touch with you guys? And uh, if they want to find out more about you, where should they go? Yeah, so we're on like all major streaming platforms, so obviously on Spotify and YouTube, um, and we are also just got on SoundCloud as well. Um, but the main point of, of call would be our Facebook page, so www.facebook.com forward slash Armandsoy. Um, and from there, basically, you can find everything you need to know about us and see the upcoming shows that we've got, because I think we're playing about a five-date Oz tour, as you said, starting on the 5th of January and making our way up to Rad Bar and, um, on the 9th of Jan and... Um, then we're going Vic on the Park in Sydney on the 11th and Haya Bar on the 12th of Jan and then Jack Abbott Slims on the 13th. So action-packed couple of weeks. But, yeah, just Facebook and Spotify and everything is probably the way to go to find us. Fair enough, mate. All right, mate, that's it. Thank you so much for the interview. What I'll do... You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and that was my conversation with Brandon Stockbridge from the band from Perth called Armand Soy. Thank you so much for listening.